Hello, and welcome to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur, where Hayut Yogev speaks with entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs about reaching or missing the critical point of approaching the right customer with the right message at the right time and place. The point where business success starts. And here is your host, Hayut Yogev. Rich Omis, episode 164. Hey, my riches. I hope you are all healthy and happy. Many of us started to get back to normal from this corona crazy crisis. I hope you are among them or gonna be among them very soon. Before we will talk about my very colorful guest today, I want to personally invite you to one of my two Facebook groups, Entrepreneurial Marketing Success, which is exactly what it sounds like, how to use practical and effective marketing to become an entrepreneurial business success, and Women Entrepreneurs Starting Out, which is a new group just started and very fast growing. So join me and join the community. And let's create together a place that empowers and encourages each other entrepreneurs like us to thrive and become a business success story. Entrepreneurial marketing success and women entrepreneurs starting out. And talking about business success stories, I would like to talk about my guest today, Jesse Krieger. Jesse is a very talented business entrepreneur that succeeded from a very young age and then became a very successful book publisher after his book became a bestseller. Listen to his fantastic stories. He is a good storyteller. And to his wise advice. First, because there is a lot to be inspired and learn from him. And second, he might inspire you to publish your entrepreneurial story, impact others, and become a success story yourself. Jesse Krieger sits squarely at the intersection of publishing and promotion, having signed two publishing deals on two different continents and navigated the world of becoming a best-selling author twice. In addition to being featured on over 50 media outlets for his best-selling book, Lifestyle Entrepreneur, Jesse has been an entrepreneur his entire adult life and holds degrees from University of California, Berkeley, as well as National Taiwan University and Beijing Normal University. It has been his honor to publish 100-plus books during his six years tenure as founder and publisher of Lifestyle Entrepreneurs Press, the publisher for the passionate. Let's hear Jesse's story. Jesse Krieger, what a pleasure to have you here. Hi. Hi, thank you for having me. Great to be here. It is great to have you and thank you so much. And I must say that this is the second time that we are saying hi because <laughs> the, we had some technical problems, but now we are on. And I can promise our listeners that we are going to have a fascinating show today. Yes. I just shared with our listeners what you've done until now. 
and they would like to ask you to share with us what are you doing and most passionate about today and where are you heading? Certainly. So right now today, I'm the publisher for Lifestyle Entrepreneurs Press. We're the publisher for The Passionate. And mm-hmm. I also run and operate a platform called Publishizer.com. Publishizer.com is a crowdfunding platform for authors to connect with readers and find the right publisher for them. And they're uploading their early versions of their books? Or... Yeah. So on Publishizer, even with just an idea, you don't even have to have written the book. People can run a campaign and basically pre-sell their book and also pre-sell different bundles like coaching or a live event and that way really getting uh, straight to the customer and reader and then having that accountability to complete the book and find the right publisher. So that's that's what we do at Publishizer. Um, really a, a great platform and service for authors. Yeah, it's been around for a few years. I recently became more involved um, internally this year in 2020. But as a publisher, we had sent authors there to do campaigns and also found a, a few authors that we published through Publishizer. So I've known the the team there for many years. And then uh, this year, we just uh, completed a deal. And now, you know, it's part of my purview. Wow. And what are you passionate about most? I mean, I'm passionate about authors and really just creative entrepreneurial people who have had incredible life experiences and want to share those with the world through a book. That's the majority of what I spend my time doing is working with authors through this crazy process of creating and publishing and promoting a book and more so like using that book as their best talking point, their best business development tool, what they really want to be known for Mm-hmm. at least for the next few years, and going on that journey with them. It's books that actually are aiming to getting more impact on people, isn't it? On people's life, usually. It's not just a story. Yeah, I mean, just I invite everybody listening to think about a book you've read that had a major impact in your life. I mean, I can think of Definitely. a number of them just right off the top of my head from my dad paying me $20 to read Think and Grow Rich when I was 13. Smart move, (laughs) discovering, uh, you know, the the sort of the foundational stuff like how to win friends and influence people, um, positive mental attitude and language and thought and action, Atlas Shrugged. These are all books. I haven't met the author of any of those books, but they've had a profound impact in my life. And so that's that's Mm -hmm. what's possible with a book. When when you or when I or when anybody steps forward and push and releases their book, their work to the world, I always say it gives you the opportunity to connect with people you've never met in places you've never been and have a profound impact on their life in a positive way. It is. I already told you that I'm starting to think about publishing my book. Ooh. Both of my meetings were entrepreneurs, what the work that we do, helping entrepreneurs to get business success earlier, thanks to using the right marketing tools, but also from this uh, podcast, such uh, interesting stories that I have with entrepreneurs like you that already succeeded. 
Just on your idea, you know, one of the top selling books, right? Tools of Titans by Tim Ferriss was just lessons he learned from interviewing a lot of interesting people. So that is a good foundation for a book. (laughs) Oh, 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 thank you. Thank you for that. I I really appreciate it. (laughs) And you wrote a book yourself, isn't it? Or two? If I remember right, yeah, that's true. Um, my book is called Lifestyle Entrepreneur: Live Your Dreams, Ignite Your Passions, and Run Your Business from Anywhere in the World. And so you know, before I was in book publishing, I was I've been an entrepreneur my whole adult life, really never actually had a normal job. And towards the end of my 20s, a lot of people were sort of asking, like, what is your approach to like starting different types of businesses and traveling and being able to travel and run a business? And so, you know, in 2008, 2009 and into that time frame, it wasn't as widespread. It wasn't as commonplace, perhaps, as it is today. But I really tried to write what is what has been my approach it feels consistent to me. I don't feel like I'm doing something crazy or weird or out there. And yet people would see what I was doing in my life month to month and year to year and just be like, what is going on? So that was a catalyst. And about your books, what did you write about? Yeah, I mean, from my perspective, writing the book itself was was enough for me personally, like just the act of really thinking about like, okay, how do I approach coming up with new business ideas? How do I approach like testing them out? How do I, how do I think about the kind of like travel and experiences I want to have in, in a year and build that into like my planning? And so just starting to answer those questions as I was writing the book really kind of clarified my philosophy and in a way that I could share it with others. Um, but then by actually meeting with and being published by two different publishers. I I didn't self-publish this book. It was first published in Southeast Asia in 2012. And I toured Malaysia and Singapore and spoke at book fair, signed books and kissed babies and the whole thing. (laughs) We want some of that or something of that. Tell me a bit about your career. Where did it start? How was that? What made you decide to really not only write your book, because there are quite a lot that write in their books, but they are not becoming books publishers right away. So what is the story? Yeah, I mean, f- from my perspective, writing the book itself was was enough for me personally, like just the act of really thinking about like, okay, how do I approach coming up with new business ideas? How do I approach like testing them out? How do I think about the kind of like travel and experiences I want to have in in a year and build that into like my planning? And so just starting to answer those questions as I was writing the book really kind of clarified my philosophy and in a way that I could share it with others. Um, But then by actually meeting with and being published by two different publishers, I I didn't self-publish this book. It was first published in Southeast Asia in 2012. And I toured Malaysia and Singapore and oh. spoke at book fair, signed books and kissed babies and the whole thing. 
So the traveling you're talking about, actually you are planning it according to where are you going to launch the books? Yeah. So I had, I had a business history in China and Asia with you know, one of the businesses I wrote about in my book. We were doing promotional products and flash drives and these types of things. And so I was also studying Mandarin Chinese and oh. living and studying over there periodically. So it made sense. Or when I, when I was connected to a publisher in that region, I figured, yeah, that's a great first step. And if I'm totally honest, it was also the thought of, you know, there's something unique and different about a big white guy that speaks Chinese releasing a book on business in Asia. <laughs> so I knew that I had something unique, whereas like I wanted to go through that experience as an author before trying to do it in the U.S., which is, you know, like the biggest book market. And there's tons of personal development and entrepreneurship thought leaders here. Right. But I got the experience there first. And then two years later, my book was published in the U.S. And by going through that process, I really got an inside view of like how publishing works. And I saw, of course, where the ways that I would have do it, I would do it better. Like where, where could this process be improved? Okay. So some friends of mine that were working on books of their own were asking for advice and asking me and I was figuring things out myself. And eventually they just said, can you do it for me? Hmm. And six years later, <laughs> I've said yes, and our only offer, really the only service we provide at Lifestyle Entrepreneurs to Press is done for you publishing. So I really, you know, I know that you focused a lot on marketing and, and marketing expertise and so forth. And one of the best marketing tips I can give is to use the exact words and language that your ideal customers use <laughs> when you position your offers. This is the first uh, law. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. You know that because otherwise you wouldn't succeed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if I was thinking it personally, if I called it like Jesse Krieger Publishing, yeah, that's like egocentric. But if it's done for you publishing, that's what the author wants is somebody to do it for them. Really, if we're honest, it's done with you. But yes, we do it for and on behalf of our authors but it's in collaboration with them. And I think it's, it's a very good answer to all of the coaches and everything that talking about publishing it by yourself. I think when I'm thinking about it, it sounds like I want to write what I believe in. I want to share it with the world. I want to impact more people. I don't want to publish. I always say that I'm taking the best ones in their jobs to do the job. I'm not trying to be... Uh, a lawyer, I'm not trying to be an accountant, and I do whatever it's needed to do, but I would prefer somebody to help me publish a book. Yeah, I mean, let's think about this from a different perspective, right? If you, you own a car, and, you know, are you going to work on your car and learn how to build a car in order to drive a car? It's like, no, you have a car to get you to a destination. Right. You have a book, it's a vehicle of transformation that gets your readers to a destination. Definitely. And, you know, it's not your responsibility necessarily to learn everything about publishing and all that stuff. If your focus is on sharing your message and expertise with the world through the vehicle, through the medium of a printed a book, not, not just a printed book, but 
a digital book, an audio book. Yeah. It's all the same book, just a different format. And that's where, you know, somebody like us in a publishing company that, that gets it can really help because the truth is, as with so many things in life, right? You don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And um, for somebody that's going into this and not only writing, but also publishing and promoting, you're learning things for the first time that other companies and people do every day, week after week, year after year. Right, correct. And so it's not realistic to expect that you can come up to a world-class standard of quality when you're doing something that you're learning for the first time that you might not even want to be doing, right? You want to be working with clients and hearing your message. I want to do marketing. I want more people to do marketing. I don't want to be a publisher. Being on shows like yours, things like that. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Jesse, what were the earlier jobs or career or entrepreneurship that you had? Because uh, that was what people asked you to share and to talk about. So we want to hear as well. Yes. So it all really started with my love for music from an early age. And, you know, from age 13, I think I got my first guitar, Fender Stratocaster. And that was all I didn't, I was not interested in business growing up. I was electric guitar, you know, ditching high school to play Jimi Hendrix songs with my band. (laughs) And, uh, and I, and I followed that passion to Los Angeles, went to music school there. And then I traveled to Europe with some friends and I ended up living there for a year and playing music in bars and clubs and even on the streets <laughs> with another American guy. Wow. And anyways, you know, eventually moved to Nashville and went to a audio engineering school. And that's where I met my bandmate and my first business partner, Jay Karsh. And we basically were writing and recording and producing other artists and just doing music like 12 hours a day and got to this point where I was like, okay, we either need business support. We either need like a record label and manager and other people that want to invest into our career, or we've learned how to do this yeah. stuff on our own. And we actually run the business side of it. And so it was really at age 21 that was when I started our first company. It was a record label to manage our band's affairs. <laughs> only for your band? Yep. They were the only... <laughs> the only uh, client. Yeah. The only album we ever released was our own record. <laughs> <laughs> however, however, this was my entrance into entrepreneurship. I formed a team of advisors from family, friends, and people I had met. I raised us about $100,000. and hired a manager and hired a producer instead of like oh will you please sign us to your label and help us get our music out there now we're coming to them and saying hey we have a budget here's our music this is what we want are you the right team so Hmm. from an early age i sort of have always been on the side of like the producer side of the commerce equation i've always run a business in some shape or form that's created products or delivered services. The first one just happened to be really interesting with music. And I think the parallel to publishing when I've really reflected on Hayut is, you know, as a musician, as an artist, in many ways, you are the product. Definitely. Right. If I'm standing on stage performing a song that I wrote right there, like it's me physically doing it. And someone's like, you suck. (laughs) Then that's pretty personal, right? (laughs) It is. Whereas like, create a uh, you know a new type of toothpaste and 
someone doesn't like the toothpaste flavor, you're like, oh, they don't like that flavor. Hmm. But you're not like, I suck because of it, right? So it is an interesting way to separate out or experience like creating and being the product in a sense. And like, what does that require in terms of a mindset of emotional management, relationship structures? And, and that was a great learning experience. And so I think it ties in, you know, with an author and your book and being on media and shows like this and sharing your message. Once again, it's something very personal because it's it is. created by us. And that necessarily brings up all sorts of emotions and is also an opportunity to heal wounds and close the chapter on one stage of life and open the, the page to what's next. This is how I look at it, really. Hmm. And Jesse, what would be your best advice to any entrepreneur listening to us, mainly regarding customer focus or customer approach, but it can be any important advice that you would like to share with them? Yeah, a couple of things, really. One is the best marketing is educational that leads somebody from where they are currently. It meets them where they're at, like right now, and helps move them towards closer to where they want to be. Hmm. And, you know, this idea of using words and language that mirror the dialogue in our customer's head, that's how people feel and literally will say, it's like you're inside my mind. It's like you're reading my mind. It's mm-hmm. like, you know exactly what I want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah, if you care enough about your customer to actually listen mm-hmm deeply listen and do that across a number of people that you would consider in your customer demographic, they'll tell you the language. They will use the language and the word patterns. And then it's your job, in my opinion, to mirror that back to them so that they can see the problem. And once they see it, and you're the one that helps them see it, now they can trust you to help them with a solution. Mm And that's what marketing is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Marketing's not, hey, look how cool I am because I've sold a lot of books and I run a business. You should pay me money too. Marketing is, hey, so you've wanted to write a book, but it's eluded you for years and you know you have it inside of you, but you haven't figured out the way to get it out. And maybe really what you just need is a partner that can support you and guide you through the whole process. Mm-hmm. And now it's not about me at all. It's about who? You. And if you take this into your own marketing, just watch your results. They'll start to change pretty quick. Hmm. I heard him in the social media marketing world, but in one of his uh, lectures, that the second most common and popular word for customers is you, to use. It's the word you, because it's about you. Mm-hmm. You know what the first? Free. Hmm. <laughs> Makes sense, isn't it? Oh, yeah. You've got successes. We started to talk about it, and we will talk about it in a second, but I want to ask you to share with us your biggest, most critical failure with customers, the one that affected your entrepreneurial journey the most or almost the most. Can you share it with us? Yeah, I mean, no, I can, I've got one for you here. Here's, uh... <laughs> I'm sure you do, because those who really succeed like to, to share their failures as well. Yeah, I mean, first I would say, let's normalize failure right now as part of the process. I mean, the number of things I've tried that did not work is 
astronomical. <laughs> the number of things I've tried that worked for a little bit and then stopped working and then became a liability is also very, very high. And that is the reason that any success I do have, I, I can trust it because it's built on the back of a bunch of stuff that didn't work. Hmm. Um, so I'll say that first. I love that. I love you saying that. Yeah. So here's a story. When I was 25 or 26, I was actually doing consulting and I was helping with some like investment banking type of deals to basically put together investors and people that were doing projects or had businesses that needed additional funding. And so in this line of work, it's common to work on commission only. Mm -hmm. And so we can work for weeks or months before even knowing if there's going to be a deal that we'll get a commission on. And I made a huge mistake that I only realized afterwards by getting really involved to put this deal together. It was actually for a, an ethanol plant to be built in Jamaica that would take ethanol from Brazil and load it into the wow. facility in Jamaica. And they'd like remove some of the water weight, but then load it back onto a ship and export it to the U.S. as a Jamaican export because there was some tariff rule around Brazilian sugarcane ethanol. Okay. Anyways, we spent months, and I mean months, of sometimes on the phone hours a day putting together this deal, investing not only my time, but fronting some money for certain things that had to be done. I even flew to Jamaica and like met with the team, met with a competing team, and even met with the Minister of Energy and Technology. And mind you, while this wow. is all happening, I'm thinking like, wow, this is so cool. Like I'm meeting interesting people and I'm putting together a deal and I'm going to end up making a lot of money. But then somewhere around nine or 10 months in, the first chink in the armor happened. And then there was some like environmental report. And then apparently whoever was selling the land had been hiding something and there was toxic sludge oh. where we were going to build the site and then all this other stuff. Oh. And then very quickly, almost a year of work unraveled before my eyes. And you know how much I ended up making off of that whole project and all the time I spent in on it? How much? Yeah. Take a guess. How much did I make off of spending almost a year oh, working around I, the clock to put a deal together? I have no clue. I won't take this risk. Oh, well, it's zero. Oh. Zero dollars and zero cents. <laughs> wow. The entire thing unraveled, fell apart. There was no deal. No plant was ever built. The people that I was working with ended up not being the best kind of people to be working with. Mm even though they put on a good front for the beginning stages of it. And that's a huge learning lesson. That one, that's an unmitigated failure. Wow. I mean, that was not a win in any sense of the word. <laughs> but it's also an incredible learning lesson to like have boundaries and, and have milestones because I won't let myself get so invested or so involved in a project if there's not some corresponding real world feedback that it's working you know and and i think that you know if there's a takeaway from the this failure it's like yes it's great to have a big vision and a big idea a big potential prize or reward at the end but like what's the step or what's the indicator next week that lets you know you're on track 
what's the distinct milestone next month that keeps you as excited as you are right now. And so, you know, that was in 2007, but here we are in 2020. And (laughs) sometimes, you know, we'll invest months and months and months working with an author and wouldn't you know it, something happens or something comes up within them and some downward spiral takes place where all of that work and all that effort doesn't amount to very much. And it's sad when that happens, but I understand how to deal with that partially as a result of the story I shared, but just, you know, understanding and managing expectations in long-term working relationships. Hmm. Yeah, I think that in a way with books, it's not like uh, being a VC. However, with VC, you are counting on one or two or three successful entrepreneurs to cover for those that won't be as successful as you hope when you uh, put your money into it. Yeah, that's another thing. But it's maybe it's a bit like going with books because not always a book might succeed the way you want it or do you think that if you do it right, it will always succeed? No, of course not. I mean, I don't think there's anything you can do in any industry that's going to always succeed. If there was, everybody would do it. Hmm. Um, There's a process that works to bring a book to market. So if we have a rough draft of a manuscript, I can guarantee that we can publish it. Okay. Now, I can't guarantee that people would like people that. are going to want to Jesse, I love this story and it was so honest. And, uh, you know, sometimes people are looking for, for the easy failures, um, for the light ones. Mm. Now I want you to share your most significant success. As a result or with the right customer approach or right customer focus or some business step that you did right, can you share that with us? Certainly. I'd say probably the most current one and what I really feel is a big success is like, you know, our distribution and sales partnership with Ingram. Ingram Publisher Services is the cornerstone of like book publishing in many senses, at least in North America, but also throughout Europe and Australia and many other parts of the world. Okay. You know, I started Lifestyle Entrepreneurs Press in the living room of a student apartment I was living in in Berkeley in 2014. Mm-hmm. And now I'm sitting here in my beautiful home in Las Vegas with the premier distribution and sales partner a publisher could ask for. And mm-hmm. it's a partnership. Like we don't, I can't reveal the details of our agreement, but we don't pay them to distribute our books. They took us on because they saw what we're doing and what we're building and bought into the vision of Lifestyle Entrepreneurs Press, which is to empower individuals to raise the overall level of consciousness of humanity through books. And so that's a win to get validation by, um, you know, a key player in the industry to become a partner for the long term. And I feel very fortunate and I don't take it for granted ever. And it sounds uh, very impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the key relationship that allows us to publish and have books available around the entire world. What is the one thing that made them really want to take you and trust you? What is unique about you? Because everyone that comes and uh, 
I told you that we had one uh, book publisher. It was traveling or cookbook. I don't remember, but everyone say they are unique. But probably if such a publisher is choosing you to be their partner, you have something really unique. What is that? Well, I think I can share the story. So unique or not, it was my stated intention and absolute goal to be in this partnership with Ingram. And wow. like, this is the thing, especially with entrepreneurship, there's accidents maybe, but much more than there's accidents, there's intention, there's action, and then there's consequence. And so for two and a half years, I was in some form of dialogue with Ingram. Mm -hmm. I think I was first connected to them in like three plus years ago, and we weren't big enough and they weren't ready and they, they weren't interested, but they're like, keep in touch. Okay. So we found a different mm -hmm. distributor and we started with them and we started building up sales history. And basically I found out all the things that Ingram wants to see to bring on a publisher as a client partner. And we started doing all of them. And as we were doing all of those things, um, I took out, I rented a big booth at Book Expo in New York yeah. in 2018. And we had like six of our authors come and we were signing books and just making a scene and like being very visible, right? Right in the middle of the biggest book convention in, in the US. And then who strolls by our booth, but <laughs> vice president of publisher acquisitions for Ingram. And I knew him, we had chatted and he said, oh, look what's going on here. And mm. I had told our authors beforehand to just lay it on thick. So four, <laughs> four of them approached him at different times. Hey, you want to sign a copy of my book? Yes. Yeah, published by Lifestyle Entrepreneurs Press. They're doing some really amazing things in publishing, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so now we sit down in my booth and I catch him up to speed on what we're doing now, two years after our first conversation. And as he got up, he said, you know what? I think it's time that we discuss putting an agreement on the table. Wow. We shook hands and he walked. And as soon as he turned the corner, I dropped to my knees in the middle of the convention floor, <laughs> put my hands up and said, thank you, God. And then at a moment with our authors and quite honestly, that was literally, that is the moment after which everything was just working out the details and then starting to work together. So, you know. I think it's such an incredible story. Really, it's, uh, you talked about marketing, you talked about intention, but this is doing business the right way. It's such an incredible story. I love it so much. Well, think, think about this. There's marketing to find a new customer, but that's like, we can call that pedestrian marketing. It's normal people going about their lives, finding out about you. But there's marketing to corporations. There's marketing to potential partners. There's an approach of marketing, like intelligent communication with a purpose, um, at much different strategic levels than just finding customers. Right? So that's kind of how I think about it. Love it. Love the story. Jesse, can you recommend the best or most effective technological or digital tool that's related to customer focus, marketing, or sales. However, I'm not looking for the last shiniest tool in the endless list. I'm looking for something that really works for you and helps you succeed. Um, I'm a little old school in this respect. Good. But um, 
I mean, having a good email client, I use ConvertKit and mm -hmm. having like a calendaring service. I use Calendly. I set up six different links. One is for authors. So any author we're working with, I share this link and they can plug themselves into my calendar anytime. Another link for partners, another link for coordinating media like this, another link for kickoff strategic planning calls with new authors. And so just a simple technology like a calendaring tool has immense purpose. I actually run my whole business through my calendar. Like if it's on the calendar, it's getting done. Mm -hmm. And there's certain ways to get on the calendar. And if it's not on the calendar, I don't feel obligated to do it, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's like kind of the parameters around how I run my business is if we're going to schedule time to, I prefer to talk to people like on Zoom. So we're going to have a meeting, we're going to have a meeting and on that meeting, we're going to decide what needs to be done. And then we're both going to do what we decide on. And then we'll have another meeting later to touch base on that and do the next thing. So I just get down to like it, the tools support working through the process in a systematic way. And I would say just an email client, like email is by far the best way to build relationships and it's independent of any social media platform. Right. We do a whole other episode on like, oh, you built up a great audience on your Facebook business page. How about now 90% of them don't see anything you post? Right. But you could pay us to reach that audience that you built it's, up. It's incredible. So you're right. Nobody is talking about it, but it's incredible. Any tool that gives you control, email is control. You have control over accessing right. your customers. Calendar link gives other people control on your time. And um, you know, owning and operating your own website, whether it's e-commerce or just informational, that's control as well. So you know, we have a team that builds websites and keeps all of our web presences up to date. The technology I'm interested in is the one that builds our business, not like hacks how to get fake followers on Instagram mm. or something like that. Hmm. I love the recommendation for ConvertKit. We work with them as well or any other one. And for using the calendar tool, like I've been always also when we worked many years in corporates with the, you know, with people that helped us to make appointments. I always said that the appointments are those that making the things done. <laughs> like you said, you know, there are many factors that affect one's success. However, I do believe that for each of us, there is one main factor that really helps us to succeed. And I want to ask you, what is your one key success factor? Well, I would say it's probably my relationship with fear. Oh. Um, which was instilled by a very encouraging and supportive father who just encouraged me to like, go do it, go try it. You've got an idea. Great. Go do it. Like you want to have an adventure? Go, go have one. So I always had an orientation towards just do it and then see what happens instead of like what I've come to understand is a lot of people think about things first or evaluate if they should do things before they may even start. And so my relationship with fear is perhaps different than others. Like there's not too many things I'm really afraid of, uh, but I also have a relationship with death. Like I'm a hundred percent on board with the fact that I'm going to die 
at some point. And if it's tomorrow, then I don't want any regrets. If it's 50 years mm. from now, I also don't want any regrets. And so mm. I just sort of think like, oh, I feel scared or I feel nervous or I feel apprehensive. Like it's like the quote from what is it? The hangover. But did you die? <laughs> but did you die? <laughs> no, you didn't die. So mm. it's just a fear. It's a part of me that reacts to some external stimulus and that's mine to work with. And so, you know, people that know me and kind of see what we're doing think, wow, you like do so much. How do you publish 25 books a year? Well, I just do. It is a lot. Like I'm just in the process every day. And those books are the result that comes out periodically mm. from the process. I love this uh, very, very, very original answer. Mm. Uh, and I love the factor about fear. And uh, mm. I think it, it is, it, it depends on supporting, but also something inherent in you. Yeah, it's like, I, I feel blessed to you because I got this as a gift. Like my father encouraged me to just try stuff, but anybody can learn this. Anybody can reorient their relationship with fear the way to do it is take action and go of one or two steps beyond your comfort zone at mm -hmm. a time. If you go 10 steps beyond your comfort zone, your nervous system is going to shut down other problems. So you want to consistently push the edge, not crash through it and, you know, jump off a cliff with a blindfold on, but continue to push the edge. <laughs> That's my final question before I ask you what is the best way to connect with you is my mountain question. And as my listeners already know, I always have been imagining this journey of marketing and building a perception in the mind of the customer as climbing a mountain. I'm not a big climber, but I love to hike and I love to be in the nature and I love to go to new places. And I think, in a way, learning the customers and going and building first the awareness and the, the know, like, and trust, and then building a brand that wins. I imagine it as mountain. And at some point, I started to ask my guests, and that's what I'm asking you, whether you ever climbed the mountain or wish to climb a mountain, or do you have any relationships with mountains at all? Yeah. And I did mean physical mountain, literally a mountain, but it's open to the metaphor as well. So feel free. Sure. Well, physical mountain, yes. Uh, when I was 16, I went on a program called Outward Bound. And it's three weeks of backpacking, hiking through the Sierra Nevada mountains in California. Big, big mountain. It's basically not a wilderness survival course, like we're not like eating <laughs> bark off of trees, but we're literally hiking with all of our food and all of our stuff on our back. And after the first 10 days, you know, we're pretty deep into the mountains. And then we started summiting these 14,000 foot peaks, wow. the highest ones uh, in the continental US. Wow. And it's really amazing, you know, as you climb a physical mountain and get on the top and you see the perspective change from looking down on the world is a different perspective than looking up at a mountain from the ground. And there's something very empowering about reaching the top of a physical mountain. Mm -hmm. I still enjoy hiking. It's not like the most important thing in my life, but I, I never forgot 
that feeling of like living in nature and summiting mountains and Amazing. yeah maybe part of why it became so adventurous <laughs> great story and do you have any photos from the age of 16 uh i would have to dig through the archives <laughs> i love photos to make people feel a bit more familiar with uh, the person that they are hearing <laughs> what is the best way to mm. connect with you for any of our listeners that would like to be in touch sure definitely <laughs> lifestyle entrepreneurs press.com or just search for jesse krieger k-r-i-e-g-e-r publishizer.com to crowdfund your book publishing deal and welcome to reach out or shoot me a message or connect on facebook um pretty easy to reach <laughs> so look forward to uh connecting with all of you and if you have any questions about what we discussed on this show Feel free to either comment on uh, on it and I'll respond or reach out to me and look forward to continuing the conversation. Thank you very much for having me on. Thank you so much. We will have all these links in the show notes of this interview. And I'm sure there will be people that will get into that and I hope they will have a conversation. I want to thank you. I really enjoyed it. It's a, you have some unique perceptions. about life and i enjoyed listening to them and i'm sure our listeners will enjoy as well thank you so much i really enjoyed this as well hmm. thank you jesse and take care stay safe and take care although you promised me that in las vegas you are not in lockdown so <laughs> no fear from the corona crisis nope i'm gonna go climb a mountain <laughs> go climb a mountain <laughs> bye bye thank you for that take care talk soon hmm. bye bye And for you, our listeners, until the next time, it all goes down to this. You either reach or miss. Keep reaching your goals and vision. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur. You can find all the information, links, and resources that was mentioned at the show in our website, reachormiss.com. See you next week.